do you know what I've been avoiding? Orange juice for a couple of days. And we needed a break. Speaking of. Last, <laughs> last Friday broke me. So the, during the last podcast, we talked about Tropicana Crunch. Tropicana Crunch. Their sweepstakes type thing. And I said I was going to get my hands on a box. And we were going to try orange juice and cereal yeah. on this Tropicana. And then your great idea. Mm. I'm always going to point the great. finger. Great quote fingers. Uh, air quotes was to try chocolate orange juice because, and yeah. I quote, chocolate oranges. Chocolate oranges is pretty good. Which are candy designed to be chocolate and orangey. But not citric. But not citric acid like orange juice would be. Yeah. And so. Nesquik and orange juice. <laughs> which I'm not going to ruin anything, but, you know. So I said, let's do that as a video for the team. I went out and... Went to the website to secure us some Tropicana Crunch, and they were already sold out. Yeah, when did you try that? It must have been just instant. Well, I tried it a couple of times, and it kept saying, yeah, this is going to be today. It's going to be today. Hmm. They didn't even tell you a time. So the next thing I know, I try a half hour later, and it just said, all gone. Wow. So I looked up a whole bunch of other people's reviews for the cereal to get an idea. And then I looked up the ingredients list in it, and I went on a hunt to find cereal that is very similar, but admittedly not the same as Tropicana Crunch. Very close though, in my opinion. I think the only difference is where we had a little bit of cranberries in one of them. So I found two that kind of worked. One was a banana nut crunch and one was cranberries. They're both the same cereal, just different variants and no honey. But it was only, I mean, it was really just a honey and like oat cereal anyway. So, like. so yeah, the the so what or I learned, almonds. yeah, yeah, it was a almond cluster with honey, and rolled oats and rice. Uh, a little bit of rice. The the rice grain cereal. So we were missing the rice, which I don't think really would have done anything. Yeah, if anything, that would have been soggier. It would have gotten soggy. Not, yeah, I think yeah. we got the crux of it, which was it had some of the nuts in there. It was rolled oats, which I think is the major player here. Yeah, probably. And then some fruit instead of the honey. Mm -hmm. So we've got that coming. This is all filmed. Plus, we tried a yeah. couple of other things, including chocolate. And variations of it. Yeah, yeah chocolate uh, chocolate orange juice with the Nesquik. A chocolate drink with orange juice of some sort, yes. Yeah, and we also yeah mm -hmm. tried a couple different things. And uh, I'm excited to see how the video turns out. But not nearly as excited as the fact that the staff are um, for being over that. Yeah. We've got a bit of a mutiny on our hands regarding that one. <laughs> I got That should be released. We're hoping pretty soon. But again, yeah. I'll be honest. I'm not going to try to push you to get that out the door because that's more of our own entertainment. I encourage you to uh, get your own bowl, though. Sit down and watch it because, you know. There's a sample size of six people. You know, you got to have your own opinion. <laughs> grab, grab your own bowl and have one. That's yeah, that's great. That's uh, not hard to get your hands on. <laughs> a little bit no. of orange juice, a little bit of a little bit of cereal. That's and the cereal that we grabbed is one that I just found at our local Everywhere. grocery store. It's not special. It wasn't Tropicana. What was um, the, it? Was post great grain, grains? Great I think grains. it was what I found. Yeah. Um, and I felt like it was the close. I had to have looked stupid because here I'm a heavy set guy looking at the label of every single cereal. Imagine the employees come up. They're like, can, can I help you? You've been here for like 20 minutes. Well, I'm, I'm trying to find a cereal that works with orange juice. <laughs> You're like, what, the, what are you doing? 
<laughs> You're, I guess I can be pretty glad that nobody bothered to help me. Because <laughs> that's, do you think the cereal would pair well with Tropicana? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So which institution did you escape yeah. from? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Look forward to that. It'll be sweet. Yeah. Really. Yeah. That's actually my actually, yeah, it was, it was, it was too was, sweet in every single oh thing my we gosh. had. <laughs> well, I don't want to spoil it for these people. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, hello there, good looking. Nice to see you again. Me? Yeah, well, oh, I was audience. talking to them. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah. But of course, I also appreciate... Griff, you're joining me once again for this edition of the Lighthouse IT Solutions Podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Went aggressive today. Well, you have to, you know, your taste buds are all out of whack from last time. And, oh, know. my gosh. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for people to see this, vi- yeah. this video. Um, and I also can't wait for you. We're going to start right off. We're going to get right into the most important news that we have. Whoa. And that's Nicolas Cage. Oh, man. Well, I don't have anything to contribute. I, I want to see it, but I have not. Griff, I can't believe no. that you have not seen this movie yet. It was well worth it. And for anybody who has no idea what's going on, our friend Nicolas Cage, which one, you must be new to the show, and I say welcome. We're glad to have you. But at one point in time, I feel like Nicolas Cage was just always part of our show, part of our program, and then we kind of, he wasn't doing much. But I think that's because he was gearing up for the most wonderful role of a lifetime. Possibly his last. Possibly. Possibly. This would be kind of an interesting way to go out, but that would require him to say actually say no to a role. I say that, but I know he's a part of the Joe Exotic uh, documentary project remake thing. That hasn't come out yet? Yeah, so we'll see. But I think that's the last of like his main big, you know, roles. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But yes. the, what movie we're talking about is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. And yeah, it's phenomenal. And so it is a movie in which Nicolas Cage plays, wait for it, Nicolas Cage. Oh, well, it's actually, f- he doesn't play Nicolas Cage. He plays his real name. Because Nicolas Cage apparently is his you know stage name or whatever, but it's the, the Coppola or whatever, his, like his uncle. They do mention that. Yeah, yeah you're right. Coppola. So he talks about that. And, and effectively what it is is, you know, he's coming near the end of this role. He's, he's, you know, he's getting up there. He's thinking about retirement and he's, he's probably not as many roles as he wants. I'm sure. Yeah. I watched he the trailer, keeps so. looking for, keeps looking for the next great big role. Mm-hmm. And so the only thing that somebody offers him is to play a birthday party. All he's got to do is make an appearance. Yeah. Not even play, just, just be a guest at a, a rich guy's birthday party. Yep. You know? So he goes and he visits Majorca only to find out that the guy might be part of the cartel. So the U.S. government enlists him to become a spy. This is after uh, or before he finds out he is basically buddy-buddy with him. I mean, enjoying himself. (laughs) Yep. So now he's conflicted because they decide together they're going to write a movie. And so then, yeah, the the United States government approaches him. So he's he's constantly conflicted. You know, does he work for the government or does he continue to write? Because he clicks with this guy so well to write this next epic movie. And it is I'm not even kidding you when I say this is a great film 
period. Outside of the bias towards Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and yes, I understand that there's a Cage bias, but the story is very well written. It's very interesting. It's an hour and 45 minutes that just feels like oh, 20. Wow. It, it, it flows so well. You never, I don't really notice a part where I feel like it lulls. It just moves forward and you really love the characters. You really love, it's, oh my gosh. It's among one of the best movies I've seen this year. And I've seen Spider-Man and I've seen Doctor Strange and I've seen, I've seen yeah, the yeah. big ticket ones. This one kind of flew in under the radar and I suppose people would kind of make, maybe make fun of it and mock it. I'm surprised you've got such high praise because it seems like everybody involved besides like the main two actors are pretty like nobody. You know, the, yeah. the director, the writer, he's got almost no credits. Well, so what is it? Pedro Pascal is the he's, other main person. Yeah, he, I mean, the there's some decent guy. there's some decent people in there, which if you recognize that name, he's pretty much just mostly catapulted to notoriety because he plays the Mandalorian. Yep. Yeah. And he is handsome as can be. <laughs> in the Mandalorian. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got his mask on. No, he's Both a handsome also. guy. He's a handsome guy. So Man, I got to make an effort to see that, man. That's going to be good. I hope you do. I worry that because there wasn't, it was only playing one theater for like five shows for the whole day. Oh, man. Well, HBO Max, knowing them, <laughs> they'll just have it out. Hopefully it comes out soon. Yeah. This is one I'm buying because I could imagine watching it 10 times oh, a year. It, it's phenomenal. <laughs> it's beautiful. Like there's there's the Cage movies where you're like, yeah, that was great because Cage was in it and he yeah. went Cage. This is Cage being Cage, but doing like, Cage. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Cageception. Cageception. That was the working title, I think, for this. <laughs> Cageception. <laughs> oh, so the title in my heart. The title. That's that's gonna be your 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 autobiography. Cageception. It's beautiful. So I want to jump in. Because I've got some stuff, and I got, I've got, we've got so much fun stuff to talk about. But uh, I got, I want to bring the room down because we started happy. We actually have some kind of big security news floating around. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> governmental <laughs> as well. I think about three times we've heard from CISA, which is the the United States government for like uh, cybersecurity awareness type stuff. It's their security agency. One, industries like Lighthouse are being actively targeted again. Yep, yep. Huzzah. Yep. Our, our industry of MSPs, managed service providers, who provide IT services for clients. So, One of you remember about a year ago, the Kaseya thing went down, yep. um, where the utilities of managed services providers were actively being exploited. And that's pretty much kind of what we're back at again, is that they are trying to get to us. And so CISA's warning MSPs, be on the lookout, double down on your security stuff, and uh, keep an eye out for anything that could be odd or weird. Yeah. Anything specific? Yeah. They definitely said make sure your RMM tools are locked down, of course, if you're not using multi-factor authentication, which we, you know, we do all of that, I'm thankful to say. But I don't know if we're as prevalent as some of the other organizations, but, you know, when I routinely review our security logs... And you always see some really weird things people trying to hit our servers uh, against. Mm -hmm. Very, very interesting. Being on the lookout, but we're still good. Then they come out and they say, hey, you know there was a... I don't, did you know that uh, Petit Potom was back in the news? Uh, from 
gosh, like a year or so ago. Yeah, it was quite quite a while ago. Yeah. This was the, atta- the authentication attack vector. Yeah. Um, and Potem was the guy's name. and Yeah, Topatam. And yeah, then yeah. Potem was some sort of play on his name, which was meant hippopotamus. Was, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so that was patched by Microsoft, but Topatam discovered that it wasn't fully patched and that it could still be implemented. With a little bit of, he basically, he adjusted his code slightly, went slightly to the left instead of straight down the middle. And found another vulnerability. And found that he could use the same exact vulnerability if he had just adapted it slightly. Oh, come on, guys. Yeah, so um, that got revived again just recently. Now, thankfully, Microsoft has patched that, but it now ceases saying, hey, that patch that Microsoft released, which is a part of 74 different patches, um, might be breaking domain controllers. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so domain controllers are responsible for when you type in the first, and when you first get into the morning, and you type in your username and password, more than likely you're hitting an Active Directory controller. Well, it's causing service level authentication, which I'll, I'll simply say users aren't affected, but things that run on Active Directory servers are being affected, and um, long and short, they fail. So these important services won't start. Hmm. So CISA, which was like, hey, the moment you do this, they were urging government entities that said, listen, the moment this drops, you have until June to get it installed. You, they gave them three weeks to install it. Well, now they're saying, okay, we understand if you don't do active directory controllers at this point, however, you still have the three weeks for anything else. And, and that's really, if it's run in active directory, that's the only thing that seems to be breaking. <laughs> only Active Directory. <laughs> Huge deal, but at least yeah. it's like, okay, we can work with it. Um, and there is, if you're affected by it, there is some workarounds that you can do, hopefully, but it's a pain. And once again, the issue we have is is that it sounds like some of this, we could still have patched the other issues, but because of the way that Microsoft chooses to deploy updates as a cumulative bundle, yeah. we can no longer pick and choose. You now... You would have to. You now have to basically omit seventy-four patches off of your domain controller instead of just the one that affects this one area. And it's yeah. really like, guys, what are the you guys? Know, what are those seventy-three other things that could help me? And now I can't get any of them. And, yeah, yeah, really. That's a little apple of them. Not cool. <laughs> no, it's a little frustrating. And <laughs> I, I kind of get it. I think they're trying to do what they can, but it's just something not. Is that, yeah. a, is that for them to try and keep Patch Tuesdays like a regular thing? Or yeah, and I think it's to try to encourage people to install patches as much as possible. And uh, Hey, here's only one that you have to do. And it's also probably easier to deliver those patches. Yeah, as a whole thing. Yeah. As an entire package instead of each individually. And, yeah. But, my gosh. It's probably easier to test, too. You know, here's this one. Let's see if it works. Well, I think each one's tested individually. It's just included in a bulk update. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a single installer. I don't know. So did he get a, a bounty or anything, you think? <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I don't know. Because uh, this is like part two of it? Yeah. So like, did well, he... Microsoft did assign a new... Um, There's a whole new system for that. It, well, they assigned a new... Uh, oh, like a code. Yeah. 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 So probably it is new. Well, cool. Good on um, cyber security infrastructure something something security agency. Yeah. Good on season. <laughs> I think it's, yeah. Um, Zyzel, you ever hear of Zyzel? 
Zizel? Are you just pronouncing Sisa differently? Zizel, what are you talking about? I'm not. Uh, so Zizel actually is a company we've talked about before. Z-Y-X-E-L? Look at you. You can either read the notes or you figured it out, considering you can't look me in the eye right now. Oh, <laughs> what? You're reading the notes. <laughs> Last time we talked about Zizel, which was a, probably about uh, a year and a half ago, maybe almost two years ago. Heck no. Think I remember. No, a year and a half ago. They were having problems where there was a pretty significant vulnerability in their firewalls, which was patched eventually and we should be okay. Um, well, our friends over at Zizel, they're in the news again for a vulnerability against their firewalls and also their VPN clients. Ooh. Kind of feel bad for them on this one because a research team called Rapid7 discovered this exploit and worked with them to get the exploit resolved. Firmware updates been pushed, but somebody knowing something about something figured out how to use the exploit and what the patch was fixing. Um. And effectively, it is a way for them to remotely take over the firewall and inspect and dump traffic and communicate with over the VPN. Wow. Yeah, so you can, if a client's connected to the VPN, you as an attacker can connect to the firewall and send commands through the VPN. Kind of reverse it. Yeah, you, you, can, you can talk to those connected devices. It has been patched, but literally, I think it was May 12th that the, the patch was released. So it's not widely rolled out yet. Hmm. And now is in the wild. Oh, God. So, poor guys. I, I've looked at their hardware and stuff before. It's, it's interesting what they're doing. I gave them a glance and a consideration, and I'll be honest, you know, not that anybody is perfect when it comes to security, um, but it is rough that they have had some two headlines in the matter of less than two years. Yeah. Because they, they make some really neat equipment. They they really do. It's just stuff like that keeps hitting the news, but um, yeah. Well, that that's, man, that sucks for them. Yeah, because they've got a really neat product. They really are trying to be unique and and affordable and all of this. And, and what's crazy is they've been around for quite a while. It's just... They're really trying to aggressively grow in the SMB market and, you know, they're just uh, having some issues, you know. Yeah. And security products, they, I, I would not want to be the designer or developer of a security product. That's an ongoing thing, man. Because you're constantly trying to, people are, people are trying to break your product. All the time. Because you are what's standing between them. You are the outer edge of a piggy bank. Yeah. You are the piggy in the piggy bank. Yeah. Jeez. And if they crack you open, might, 10,000 hours of trying to hack you might still pay off. Like, it's ridiculous. Well, because if you sell more than one, yep. hey, I figured out how to break this one. Mm -hmm. That means my next piggy bank's even easier. Yep. If I hit right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember how we talked about that whole NVIDIA hack, too? Remember that? I do, yeah. Our, those those lapses. dollar sign. Yeah, yeah. Well... Lapsus was sort of figured out. They kind of found somebody in England. They, you know. The kid in his parents' basement. Yep, that guy. Was he like 16 or 17 yeah, years he, old? Yeah. Yep. Well, he got he got found out. He had like seven accounts, basically, that they got all relate back to this Lapsus group and all that. And Lapsus was the people who uh, did they did the Okta hack. They did, um, there was a few others, but the, this NVIDIA one is the one we're talking about right now that um, they basically said, hey, if you don't release 
an open source version of your your kernel, you know, your drivers and everything for all the, the hard um, graphics cards and whatnot, then we're going to basically do it for you. Which, uh, the big reason, the, the big bunch to their knickers, I guess I shall say. Um, the British, of course. So. The British. <laughs> Why not? Oh, oh, this is my British accent. <laughs> Cheerio. Oh, God, that's awful. <laughs> Where are we going? NVIDIA GPUs, they did this because... <laughs> they t- I've had about enough of your sense. <laughs> <laughs> they did this because um, NVIDIA was making it so that you couldn't do crypto mining on their GPUs. Yeah, on very specific series. Um, I think it was the RTX series or something, the 30 series. And in order to do it, you needed to buy their server class ones. And the only thing blocking it was software within the driver. Yep, yep. And so They're if like, you wanted to do crypto mining... You had to pay thousands of dollars instead of hundreds and of dollars. And get the kind of, you know, more enterprise grade uh, dry, or, um, GPUs, which people are obviously like, that. that's pointless. Which crypto mino is lame anyway. Yeah, man. Terrible uh, for the econ- or terrible for the environment. Everything. <laughs> so NVIDIA did something funny, though, the past week. They, uh, they released open source versions of their GPU. Oh, that is modules. really noble of them. Yeah. There's really no, you know, reason apparently, you know, they, they didn't say it was because lapses. They didn't no, say anything. No, of course they didn't. Yeah. No, of course not. So I've got my, uh, in the, in the show notes, the developer.nvidia.com blog where, you know, they released. I bet talking. it was all of their own idea that they decided to do this too. <laughs> we are excited to announce. Are those the first four letters <laughs> for no. words on their email? But it does say like this, it helps improve NVIDIA GPU quote driver quality and security and with input and reviews from users. And <laughs> What I love is we, of course, see the, the hilarity to this. But yeah, the marketing is everything, right, Griff? I mean, yeah, man, uh, it is what the lapses people wanted and we don't want you to give in to ransomware people. So this is kind of a no, no, but also like NVIDIA is not the but best. They company. did catch quite a few of the people who were part of that group. As far as I can tell, the whole thing got shut down because it was, they had assumed it was somebody in South America and there was one person in South did America. Did we say but, there was something like seven people or something that were arrested in, in, it, there was definitely a few. The guy specifically had seven accounts that were related to him. Oh, okay, that's what it was. But I don't know if that was other people who were physically, you know, helping him, or if that was just under him. We don't know. But they they caught the leader, and you know, in quotations, we we're pretty sure. And sounds like he may have either turned over on him, or by doing analysis of his computer, they were able to find yep more information on others and stuff. Yeah, he was being a little uh, egotistic, and other people didn't seem to enjoy him. So. I, I'm speculating that's why he got caught, but there's no honor among thieves. You go yeah, out there, yeah, run in your mouth, and the other guys are gonna be like, you know what? That's him right there. Get him. He's right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. In some ways, Microsoft is a giant contributor to open source anymore. Yep. You know, there's there's obviously a perceived value to it, and there is. You know, I'm a proponent of both. I think open source keeps the proprietary companies honest, but I also think that proprietary is important for ensuring you're getting the best product, mm-hmm. you know? And so keep at it. I think, I, th- I think the world needs both. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know, some small shops are going to start making, you know, GPUs and that run and using their drivers. Them. No, yeah. they, they'd have to do tons of R and D, but now Linux 
will benefit from having better support Hugely. for the drivers. Hugely, yeah. And it's actually I'll, mentioned explicitly in the article. Yeah. So, because Nvidia notoriously doesn't really do much in the way of development for Linux. No, and that's why it's always been kind of an AMD, you know, place. So, I get to tweet about this. I'm excited. Oh yeah, is that your segment? Yeah, no, is that my Dean Damon? <laughs> the one I'm going with. Is that, that I'm. <laughs> that's a big story. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah. I'm seeing this one, so I'm I'm kind of pushing the way because I really want to talk. Because you've kind of been following this more, but our friend. Elon Musk. Ah, oh, friend. Quotes. Yeah, not like Gage. Elon. <laughs> He'd probably be our friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he, he's stirring up some some stuff in Twitter, man. I mean, we kind of knew that already with the whole announcement to buy them and everything and the confirmation of the deal going through and all that stuff. But, man, has there been some more news. So, Musk's been stirring up some stuff in Twitter. First off, he, since last time, uh, he's announced that he plans on serving as the temporary CEO. Because uh, why wouldn't he? He knows better than everybody. Yeah. So you after know. the deal, go, deal goes through, he's going to be, you know, well, I'm CEO now and I'm controlling the whole direction of this place. Current CEO. Prag Agrawal. Yep. He's uh, been at the helm for a few months now. He uh, basically now put a uh, freeze on hiring and has started letting go a few of the top uh, Twitter leadership. So we don't know if that's on, you know, at the advisement or of Elon, we don't know if that's the board. We don't know really why he's doing it. He's we know. just know that some people are are taking the sad hawk walk out the front door. Yeah, uh, uh, well, I've got two of them specifically: the uh, consumer product leader and the general manager of revenue and the head of um, of products, basically. So, two pretty large people just right off the bat, boom, gone. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That being said, Musk has announced that he plans on bringing Twitter's revenue from five billion to twenty six point four billion by twenty twenty eight, and that is such a leap. <laughs> That's massive. Um, Twelve billion of that being an advertising advertisement, and ten billion in uh, subscriptions, which I found interesting. I don't know if that's Twitter Blue. I don't know if that's something entirely different. But yeah, but what are you going to offer? I mean, he must have an idea for something. To get people to pay. He's got to, yeah. He, he also wants to uh, hit 931 million daily users. And at the moment, I actually can't give you a number on the daily user because it is controversial. It really? <laughs> Sparked a whole uh, argument between the current CEO and Musk, actually, on a whole thing where Musk said the Twitter deal is temporarily on hold pending supporting calculation that spam fake accounts do indeed represent 5% less of, of the whole users, basically the monetized users. Now we do know that the past couple years, the count of users has been pretty high. And then Twitter said, well, that's, that's not real. We actually lied. Sorry. But I wonder, so do you think he's using that because he's trying to devalue? It could be to save some money, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That hey, is, you misrepresented the number of active users. As of now, that's like a few days old, so I'm not, not entirely sure of everything. The the tweets from Musk were just like, hey, I'm putting the deal on hold for a moment <laughs> because spam accounts may or may not be quite a bit or 5% under. Do you think he wants a lot or he wants a little? If he wants a lot, that's because he wants to save money and ask for lower price, basically, on the deal. Yeah. If it's less, then maybe he's like, oh, you know, this is worth it or, you know, but... He said that, you know, alongside making it a free speech platform and all that stuff, his main goal is to cut down on the amount of spam bots, basically. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that 
would make a pretty big impact on his decision. So, well, could also pretty roughly impact the revenue for Twitter. Yep. And yeah, that 5% is specifically users that can be monetized. I don't know if that's like people on Twitter blue, I don't know, whatever, but right. one of the biggest backlashes that uh, the CEO had, the Parag guy, he said um, that that's not really a good sample size that you're pulling from anyway. But then again, you know, the whole fight, Elon responded with, well, you know, the last past couple of years, you've lied about your user base anyways. Like, what, you know, I can't trust you, that type of stuff. So there's been, you can just look on their their Twitter feed, man. There's some a whole popcorn. thread. We need some popcorn for this one, huh? Yeah. yeah one, one of them, Elon just responds with a poop emoji and stuff. Like, it's just so dumb. So. Who, who, I uh, just. I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm enjoying watching it, but I don't know. It's stirring the pot quite a bit. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I, I <laughs> All we can do is just sit, watch, and yeah. basically as we watch a giant billionaire man-child throw a fit. Um, yep. Against a because he wants, social media platform. Sweet. This is the world we live in. Yep. Yep. Good thing we are, uh, you know, doing fine in every other way. Oh, wait. <laughs> Don't depress me. We still have the laptop for your face. Oh, yeah. We talked about that last time. I was excited about it. Meta or Facebook has, you know, been Meta talking book? about their oh, Meta book. I like that. They should. Why, why Meta face? What do we call Meta face? Face, Facebook. We could do Facebook. <laughs> Facebook does roll off the tongue a lot better. It's a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. Well, last time we talked about how they had, they had announced a VR headset that didn't have a name at the time. We knew it was going to be 800 bucks. Um, didn't have a release date either. Now we know. It's got at least a code name. Uh, we're not sure if that's going to be the production name, but it's Cambria. Cambria? Cambria? Something like that. Gonna I'm excited. Re- gonna release How many September. are you going to buy? I, <laughs> man, I don't know. know. Wasn't well, it Android-based? But it's not supposed to be the same as the Oculus because the Oculus is more for games. Yep. And this is supposed to be more for productivity. The, the, yeah, the aspect behind laptop for your face is that you can do you know anything you can do on a laptop. You can do, browse the web could video chat do anything so we're kind of excited i guess that that's a new thing i'm intrigued I mean, yeah. i'm intrigued it's an innovation that's for sure yeah and it might spawn some cool stuff but it also might turn into google glass so oh let's be real it's the first iteration of it it's going to become like google glass well just like google is trying to open a, a store men already did it Last week, uh, Meta opened a, f- wait, okay. a physical Google's store. Wait, okay, Google is trying to open a store? Google is trying to open a physical store. Oh, they, like, ha- they have not. Has nobody read the news that Amazon is crushing it by not having a physical store? I know, right, exactly. Uh, okay, so online. so Meta also has a store already. Opened its first store last week, but it's on their Meta campus. So it's kind of like, ooh, I guess you got to go there to get you know, Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it was a really missed opportunity they shouldn't have called it Meta. Could have called it Hippo. And then it would be the Hippocampus, which is a part of your brain. Does control short-term memory. <laughs> Are you looking up a soundbite for that terrible joke? What? I'm not even gonna I don't remember. Oh, ooh, ooh. So, is that a Hippocampus joke? <laughs> anyway, this is all very Apple. <laughs> Man, that place looks... 
just like a good old fashioned Apple store, you know, it, it's a little bit more industrial. You can see like exposed pipes and stuff in the ceiling, but looks like it's straight out of a nine inch nails video. Yeah. It's just, is that that industrial? Well, no. Oh, that's the lighthouse <laughs> IT solutions retail store. Just uh, like grunge alternative. Yes. <laughs> you walk in, there's uh, a cow heart just beating. <laughs> hooked up some wires. All right, let's do it. <laughs> we have to apparently have a store too. They're going to, that's do right. It. If, if Meta can have a store, yeah, then Lighthouse needs a store. Well, uh, yeah, they're selling portal devices and Quest devices and Oculus and all that jazz there. So I, I really haven't seen their portal stuff, but it's just like Internet of Things home automation. So, it, um, you know, there's no way they make money off of these things, but I, I appreciate what the portal is supposed to be. It's supposed to be video calling made easy for your grandparents. Yeah. Except I don't... I, is it too late? Because I feel like enough of my grandparents, yes, they may not be super great with computers, but a lot of them have and use smartphones. And they get around okay. Yeah. So, like, they can do FaceTime and stuff. My one grandpa who has grown up around no technology his whole life will FaceTime it's because not- he wants to see my sister's dog. He, that's <laughs> It's not super complicated. Right. Yeah. So, but the portal is an appliance that lets you set up. Mm-hmm. It's a computer and it's basically just for this is how we can do audio and video chat. Yep. And and some Facebook chatties type stuff too, but Yeah, there's a Portal Go too, which is kind of just like a, you know, tablet version you can bring around your house too. Man, it's like nobody thought to invent that idea. Oh wow, a tab a, a smart tablet. Wow. What if you could take it everywhere Ugh. and then also receive phone calls on it? Whoa. Like a notepad that I could like digitally use, like like I could, like an iPad. It's like <laughs> it's like Facebook developed an app for the iPhone and then said, "You know what we need is we need Hardware to build a device." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, I I mean, if you have somebody who struggles a lot with the technology stuff, the portal does seem like it's a cool way to do that. I just don't know. I feel like. Um, I feel like we're at that point where grandparents are pr- are pretty savvy. Yeah, I mean they're yeah. I, I don't see a problem with it honestly. Do they use WhatsApp for the back end of all that? I guess so. I know it's Messenger, Facebook, Just Facebook Messenger. Messenger. I guess can you? I, you might not be able to do uh, video through WhatsApp, so it's probably Messenger. Yeah, can't answer that. Uh, that's more of an overseas type of popularity. Yeah, I don't use that. Well, other cool meta news that I don't have in here that I'll probably add. Um, <laughs> They, uh, they've got an open AI, uh, is what they're calling it. It's an open source AI that you're allowed to use and download and stuff. So um, a lot of the, the portal stuff is using that. And upon analysis of the code, we realize it backfeeds all of that data straight into Meta's data centers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> well, another Facebook news. You know, uh, Instagram. Yeah. You know how they try to compete with TikTok by releasing reels? Yeah, yeah. Is that canceled yet? It's not. It's uh, scarily doing really well. Um, but Ooh. not so well that Instagram's like, hey, we're going to just like start using reels for everything. Except that they kind of are because now they're using full screen feeds and prioritizing video and Instagram. So like, isn't that reels? And isn't that TikTok? So yeah, that's where we're at. Griff, this is preposterous. Yeah, this was our idea first. <laughs> yeah, they, they, it's genius. 
They say it's, it's like t- TikTok for Instagram. Uh, I mean, <laughs> oops, sorry guys. Yeah, it's not even really anything more to say, man. It's just they they like moved reels to the Instagram feed, and they're like, it's a new feature. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if your photos were like moving? Welcome to Whoa. Instagram Pro. What if you had like twenty four images per second in your face? <laughs> wow. I prefer I, pre- I prefer the classic like three hundred so that everything looks like it's in slow motion. Oh, dude, I thought you were a pal. I thought you were twenty five. I'm twenty five. That's a video editing. That's uh, joke. a good yeah. yeah, no. Just, yeah. It was a, it was a, no, I'll stick with NTSC. There you go. For like the three people who got that joke, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, I guess we talked about Apple quite a bit there. So all store. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to be able to download whatever the heck app you want on Apple? No. Feels like it might be a security flaw. Maybe, you know, an issue. Wasn't this the same as, what was that company, uh, it started with a C, which my mind can't really, there, there was a, there was an app store for jailbroken phones, which you really don't read too much about jailbreaking anymore. Yeah, is it too hard or do people just not care anymore? Because that was a big thing, especially with iPod Touch. I mean, I wish I knew the answer, because but I'm more of the second camp, which is I don't care anymore. <laughs> I do not care either. I do not have a reason to jailbreak a phone. Yeah. It's, especially because there's Altstore. <laughs> Altstore? <laughs> well, okay, we'll get into that. Our friend Riley's opening up an app store. Opened. It's, it's around Oh, there, opened. Right? Opened. Yeah, yeah. And this is called Altstore? Yeah. He wanted to create a... <laughs> A way to play Game Boy games on his phone. He didn't like using the browser emulation, stuff like that. There's no proper emulators on um, the App Store because obviously you're not allowed to have, you know, emulators. It's a a piracy thing, basically, especially with Nintendo. But uh, people asked, hey, could I have that? Or, you know, friends and things started growing in popularity. He started an, an app that could allow people to download it on the App Store. No idea how he got that verified. Because uh, App Store is ruthless. And now he's got 1.5 million downloads. And now he's got growing pressure from Apple to, uh, you know. Not exist? Not exist and, and all that. Pretty, pretty scary. But alternative app store, which allows users to install apps outside of the app store. It's pretty much that simple. This is, uh, <clears throat> this is fascinating. Users must install a companion app called Alt Server on a Mac or Windows PC. This program then logs users in with their Apple ID, prepares their account for developments, and then signs the Alt Store app. So basically what he's doing is he's using his developer account Mm -hmm. because if you're developing an application, you don't want to apply it to the App Store. You want to develop it locally. Yeah. So basically what he's done is he's created a way to create an application that will run on an iPhone as a developer mode. And then you use your own computer to pull those images from. It's genius. What I'm guessing is I wonder if each individual person has to be part of the development program, which means you'd have to pay like a $100 application fee, but it's automated. They don't really police it to figure out if it ever goes anywhere. And they just cash your check. Then you can download wherever you want. And And stay official. That alt store is then signed effective. Like you basically have the code. It's all signed and everything, so it, it runs legitimately on the phone. Yeah, because I think no when, you, jailbreak. when you jailbreak, you're not allowed to do any updates to the phone or anything like that. Nope. I mean, you can do updates, but it just usually breaks the jailbreak. Yeah, yeah. This is genius. It It's 
cool, but you know how much? I, I guess you're you're at using it at your own risk. So not a yeah, lot of negatives, I, but like and and you're not using his as the app store. You have to run your own. Basically, you're running your own. They call it alt server. Mm -hmm. You you run your own app store on that, and you have to connect to that. But for everything, that's just to install the apps. It, it's gained some serious popularity, and people are talking about it all over the place now. And Apple's got some pressure, so we'll see what happens. But it's kind of cool. I'm surprised it hasn't been done already. But it, it is kind of a loophole in their little system, it seems. And it will create a huge mess because they would effectively have to revamp their entire way of allowing development on the platform. Yeah. That's genius. Yeah. That's problematic for, <laughs> for Apple. You know what else is problematic for Apple? Apple is uh, starting to require people to come back into work. They've been still remote this whole time. And uh, yeah, the director of machine learning just resigned. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so Apple's plan to return into in-person work requires employees to work from their office at least once a day per week by August, uh, April 11th and at least two days per week by May 2nd and at least three days per week by May 23rd. And that guy's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> Does that really hurt anything? I think there's a prestige to working for a company like Apple. Yeah. And most companies have issued return to work protocols. It, it's funny to me because it, I read this stuff and it seems like Apple just really wants people to use the campus that they built. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, because it's like, I, I honestly, some of the had been completed right before um, COVID hit. So now it's like, oh God, all we that need to make our just, money back. Yeah. And imagine how many people are employed due to the fact that the campus exists. The campus, you know, the chefs, the janitors, the whatever, you know. And I think there's something to be said with working with other people. I think some of this... I agree in the benefits of working remotely. I do. I strongly do. But I also think that you can't mentor. It's harder to collaborate. Like, it, it's... Yeah. And how do you play with technology and uh, observe the results if you can't be in the same room? I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying, is it efficient? Mm -hmm. You're probably making great money. I don't think that's Apple's standpoint, though, sadly. So... You think it's, hey, we have this new burger bar that's inside of our, or I guess it's probably plant-based something or other. Can't monitor your employees easily, that type of thing, yeah. So. Well, you think Apple does that? Oh, wait, they do that to us, so uh, yeah. of course they Why do it to their they? own. <laughs> yeah. You know, though, Ugh. I got two other things from Apple. They discontinued two things that are pretty large. So they have oh my officially gosh. discontinued the iPod. I am so glad because this was something I wanted to chat with you, but I forgot about that. Yeah, iPod and iPod Touch after 20 years discontinued. The thing that basically saved Apple's took us. Yeah. Because the guy who was responsible for the iPod was the guy that was responsible for developing, and he was put in charge of um, Palm. Oh, like Palm Pre and stuff, yeah. So the Palm Pre that I always talk big about mm -hmm. was actually his big thing when he went and became CEO of Palm, Man. he jumped ship, but he was one of the original designers. And the thought process was ultimately is that one of the guys had a MP3 player. Yeah. And it was like, it sucks because I have to pick and choose what songs I want on here. And at the point in time, the one and a half inch hard drive. So give us in even today in modern computing, hard drives come in 3.5 inch, which is more the traditional 
Big old one. Yep. Two point five inch, and I'm sorry, it was one point eight before people write in, but That's it was one point eight. Yeah. Was much smaller. And Apple at the time was looking at integrating. They still have motors and everything. Yeah, spinning discs. They had spinning around, discs. But I guess in them. CDs were commonplace, so <laughs> what are you gonna do? But Apple was reviewing the one point eight inch in order for their product line. So they had a stash of them and his team this guy for, that eventually moves to Palm, <laughs> they start playing around with these one, like, man, look at all the storage you can get on these 1.8 inch discs and their car, credit card size, basically, right? Yeah. So all they did was build a chassis around this portable hard drive. Put a spinning wheel in there. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, then, you know, of course, yeah, you drop it or whatever that can mess up the hard drive. So they had to do a lot to keep that hard drive from really moving. So it had its own internal memory. Possibly. Yeah, it had to have some sort of flash or solid state to enable for songs to not skip, basically. Well, it was volatile memory. You yeah, know, it yeah. would load the song into RAM real quick. Yeah, yeah. And then it would park the drive. Because that was the whole basically amazing thing, because CDs didn't do that, obviously. So Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, it, was, it only moved the parts to load the song into, the, mm -hmm. into memory, and they built this little cool little circular interface to get around it it honestly took the mp3 player and made it take put everything you own on this this really does increase the value of all all old ipods you have now though because people can complete their collection <laughs> so <laughs> any of these old ones man they kind of go up in price right now pretty interesting if you want it looking to sell some of your <laughs> old ipods for no reason do there it do it now do it now yeah that's pretty cool it's crazy. Two parts of it is crazy. Is one, it's crazy. It was still around. Yeah, I I hadn't even thought of an iPod. In yeah, I'm surprised they would have been making. I I would have assumed that the iPod was discontinued in like 2016, 2015, something like that. Because at that point, the iPhone had you know taken everything by storm. But I guess like the Nano and stuff, some of those smaller or ones. Or the people, little shuffle, which the shuffle kind of is annoying because there's no screen on it. But people but used it for like jogging and stuff. But now you've got the watch. You can do Bluetooth and, you know, have that going. So, yeah. But honestly, our technology now, people could be putting MP3 players in your earbuds. <laughs> well, the other thing that they're discontinuing is their proprietary lightning port. It's finally happening, man. They're going to USB-C. Do you know why they're going to all of that? Because we spent five years. Well, they spent five years selling me all the adapters. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's true too. The EU specifically, though, is their main issue, their main, um, I don't know, roadblock or whatever for the lightning port. So obviously they want the lightning port because it's proprietary and then it only works with Apple devices, keeps that ecosystem solid. But here we go, USB-C, man. It is not on the 14, which is the next model, obviously, because it's so far in development. There's, you know, that'd be, yeah, they that'd be crazy change. to change it's it. kind of like what we said when we were talking about the, the repair kits. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't work with, you know, yeah. So the iPhone 15, we don't actually know if that's the name. I assume <laughs> it, it is. We've got a lot of evidence yeah, that it a lot will of be. It. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that'll assume that it's releasing after the second half of 2023. Um, but by the second half of 2023, uh, we are going USB-C on all Apple uh, phones. What the EU did is made it so that Apple gave me a reason to have to buy adapters all again. Yeah. yeah. I'm not exactly excited about Here that. Here we go again. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't seen any issues with like MagSafe or any of that stuff. So it's just this lightning port. 
and maybe it's because phones are more widespread. I don't understand. Isn't there bigger things to do in the EU than to complain about lightning connectors? I understand the annoyance, and I understand that standardization is great. But what they're doing is they're stifling innovation. Yeah, one of them was they were upset because of the planned obsolescence um, that Apple enforces. Then don't buy Apple. (laughs) But I guarantee you this. Every single company has planned obsolescence. They want you to buy another product. You're in the business to make money. Now, do I think that sometimes it gets aggressive? Yes. But for those companies, I stop buying their stuff. Yeah. So here we are. We're- so I get annoyed. I get annoyed because this is this is what happens. You have a collaboration of governments. This is all they're going to worry about. Hey, let's make sure that this all goes through rather than, hey, let's stop giving money to Russia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's not stopping. It's too many. Too much oil to have. Seems like that's a bigger deal than a lightning connector. Yeah. It's also really bad news because uh, for Apple because I heard somewhere. That's Safari? Oh, Safari. The number two browser is finally number three. Edge has beaten them again. Edge has edged them out. (laughs) Yeah. Mm, I've been waiting all day for that. Ooh, ooh. So Microsoft Edge surpasses Safari as the second most popular desktop browser. Google Chrome at 66% of the web users, but Microsoft Edge is at 10.07%, and Safari is just under at 9.64%. Now, let's talk a little bit about monopolies type stuff. And I'm not saying that there is or isn't. These are free products, right? So whatever. But these are number these are like Internet Explorer numbers that uh that Google Chrome has, right? Back in the day Internet Explorer, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. But I also want to point out number 2 has 10%. Number. You win you win number 2 cuz at first when I read that I was like Safari's number 2, <laughs> which blows my mind too because Firefox, I would have thought for sure, was number two. I would have thought Google and then Firefox. And then I actually wouldn't have put Safari up there at all. Firefox is four, uh, if you're curious. It's also very close to, um, and you can look at the uh, the graph in the um, the link. But it is at, I I can't see the number specifically, but I'd say it's like 9.4%. So it's it's up there. Opera, if you're curious, is 2.44. So it's a lot higher than I thought it would be. Uh, Opera's fifth. Surprisingly, I'll, I'll tell yeah, two point two percent. Yeah, <laughs> which is funny though, because there are quite a few other browsers. I mean, the DuckDuckGo one literally just launched. We've got Vivaldi is, is one that's oh, yeah. there. You know, there's a few others, and you know, it, it's surprising. You're right that Chrome is that much Dominant. higher. It's, yeah. it's amazing how much higher. And think about this: the engine to Chrome, it lives is in Web, Edge. Is well as WebKit. Yeah, the engine. That powers Edge is WebKit. Yep. The engine that powers <laughs> Safari yep. is WebKit. The engine that powers Opera is WebKit. Firefox is not though. Well, Firefox is its own engine. I don't yeah, think it's, it's Gecko anymore. M O Z something something. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say it used to be called Gecko back in the day. Yeah, but. not anymore. Yeah, that's super old. And I bet you most of those other flavors are WebKit. Probably WebKit. I don't know about Vivaldi or anything like that. Or DuckDuck. Or or, no, DuckDuckGo we 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 knew was was for sure WebKit. I don't know about any of the others, really. So those percentages, which WebKit was a Google initiative, 
You start putting those numbers in. That's WebKit. You're looking is at like, in the eighty percent of everything, or ninety percent. I was going to say, I bet you you're talking yeah. 96 percent of all browsers are based on WebKit. So what if we take the powerhouse that is Microsoft, the powerhouse that is Apple, and the powerhouse that is Google? Big tech. We combine them. Yeah, big tech, big T. What versus me with low T? And what could we do with their powers combined? <laughs> probably end the world if we're honest. Yeah. But don't you hate pants? I mean, don't you hate passwords? Yes to both. <laughs> I, I love these guys are working together because they want to establish a passwordless society. And if you really think about it, the concept of biometrics and secondary authentication devices, because we have cell phones, yeah, you can run a multi-factor style authentication. Yeah, facial recognition, with, fingerprint, any of that. With fingerprint or facial recognition. Yep. It's very commonplace in these devices. Uh, side note, uh, MasterCard is doing an initiative to ensure that you could use facial recognition and fingerprints instead of your card. Really? Yep. So that's in the link, too. I don't want that. Yeah, I'm back to the one. <laughs> <laughs> back to our regular scheduled <laughs> podcast. But they want to get rid of passwords. I and saw to that. that. I say... Bring it. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm all for that on World Password Day, which apparently is a thing in uh, May now. Looks like it's a joint effort to kill the password, and it's coming from a, um, what is this, a, 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 the Fido Alliance and the World Wide Web Consortium. Consortium. So they're, they've created a little organization to ensure that this happens so that we can all basically get rid of this stupid long string of characters in favor of actually verifying your identity. Yep, and using biometrics and yep. a combination of things so that you would basically, you would say, I want to log into this website. And then your phone would buzz and be like, hey, yep. are you trying to log into this website? And Let it's got that second step of biometrics, so the yep. phone should recognize that it is you and not someone else. Nothing to type, you just, you just authenticate. Yep. Making it harder for people who forget their phones routinely, a la me, this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. Man, uh, the other thing is um, they want to utilize Bluetooth uh, to ensure this works. So if, if for instance, your laptop's close to your phone, that type of thing, um, obviously there's some other oh, little so steps Oh, so then you don't even that. have to approve it. Yep, some some of it's not even push, so. That's really cool. Yeah, pretty cool. But, you know, that's that's more of like, you know, hey, remember me for six days or whatever, that type of thing. It's like, hey, remember my Bluetooth's uh, proximity for whatever time. Yeah, something like no, that. that's cool. great. That's great. Yeah. So as long as my phone's nearby. Yep. Cool beans. I, I, I think that's cool. I, I'm not sure um, where the world is ready, but it, it's getting there. So I had a good laugh. I'm going to change gears on you. We've been talking an awful lot about Netflix recently. Yeah. And um, I'd also kind of mentioned that back in April or February, something like that, I canceled Netflix. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they keep trying to get me to come back. Yeah. How are they doing that? Um, well, they're, they're telling me, hey, come on back. It's only seven ninety nine. Oh. Which, by the way, it's is like the, the 480 yeah, yeah, that yeah. we've talked about. I'm like, the terrible plan that gives you the worst wouldn't resolution. Wouldn't sign my grandma up yeah. for that plan. But the latest email I got was fantastic. And I think you'll appreciate this. It said, it's been more than 60 days since you've been with us. Don't you miss us? And then you'd click on the email because I was like, yeah, let's, let's see. see where this goes. Uh, yeah. And as always, Netflix is ad free. As always, it says. Is it, it, it did. No way. 
It did. Hilarious because they've been trying to promote their ad supported tier now. And it's getting pushed up. In yep. fact, <laughs> this is why I wanted to share this with you because I, I read it and I knew that we've been talking so much about an ad tier for Netflix. Yeah, and they li they literally sent me an email that said, as always, Netflix is ad free. Ad -free. Beautiful. And I was like, you that's, slimy so and so. That's ridiculous. I want to see like a Roku article on like, well, yeah, we're taking away the Netflix button <laughs> from the remotes. <laughs> That'd be really funny. Oh my gosh. So yeah, this whole ad supported tier is obviously them trying to, you know, make a plan that, you know, people will get into and all that stuff. It doesn't make sense. Trying to, me, to keep viewership because they've, they've ticked off so many people. Yeah. And I understand that people need to make money and that sometimes in order to make money, you need to raise rates. They've just, they have botched this whole process so hard. They continue to make bad decisions. They continue to make bad decisions and then they expect the world to pay for it. And it's just like what we talked about. If you don't like using a proprietary connector on your phone, buy a device that uses, because if there's demand for that, guarantee you if it starts hurting Apple's pocket, they're going to change their mind. Yep. Yep. You know, and so we come back to, this is a great example of this. People got sick and tired of paying 20 plus dollars a month for Netflix. So they unsubscribed and now they're running around going, wait, what do you mean you unsubscribed? You can't, you're yeah. addicted to us. And we all and we all went. Not yeah. really. The, the fact that they're like, oh, we're gonna release this next year. It's gonna be a whole. Yeah, no, they're really they're trying to release it in Q4 of this year yeah. as soon as possible. But as always, are. Griff, as always, it's only seven ninety nine for a resolution that wouldn't look good on my cell phone. This article says that. Their minimum is nine ninety nine. So I believe there's either so maybe they're giving hike me, or maybe they're giving me a. A discount of some sort. Uh, trying know. to get me to come back. But again, it was, it was, is 999 the, because it could be an unpublished plan just to get you to come in. Could be. Yeah. 999 is the minimum. Uh, does that show? is the max. Uh, so yeah, this does not include obviously their um, ad tier, but the basic is 999. It is one simultaneous screen. Um, it does not so have maybe HD. They, so. so maybe they are trying to give me a deal because, yeah, it is not <laughs> non. They have a non-HD plan. Yeah, the basic, that's $9.99 on that. That's $10 a month. With one stream. You can only have one simultaneous, not even two, which. $10 a month. Look at Hulu. And you can do all of those things. But Hulu's, what, $13.99 or $12.99 a month now? Well, their ad-supported the, tier, though, has. Um, HD. Oh, you're Because right. they have they have their free tier, they have an ad supported tier, and then they have their non ads. Oh, because the free tier is limited content. Ad supported adds more content, but you have to watch ads as part of it. Yeah. And then they have their full tier. The ad supported tier though it has full it's the full library. It's full library. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I mean I don't know about like live stream stuff because there is there's T V technically a part of it. I don't think that's part of it. Oh well and I wasn't counting that because that costs like fifty bucks. Yeah, that's a, month a whole or other thing. Yeah, their basic tier is 480, and their standard is probably 720. It kind of depends on what they're considering HD, but in my mind, most people say 720 is the, the minimum for HD. And then premium is... And I bet you it's the minimum. I bet you it is. That's in, that is, yeah. Well, all of this happens, and all of this doesn't include the sub-accounts that they're trying to roll out. I haven't even heard any more news about that. 
where you have to pay for more streams, basically more households that are not a part of your, you know, quote unquote household. So if you live in a different house and you're using the same um, account, you're supposed to pay more. Nothing has really come of that yet. But what we do know is that they want to be, we think it's like 10 bucks a month. Yeah, they still, I mean, it's definitely significant. Yeah. But that's not rolled out. And And I get frustrated because... It's already, you're already stream limited, but we don't need to beat that. Yeah, we've already talked about that. You know what I mean? Now, we talked Uh, a little bit about you being a giant nerd earlier and how I'm totally not. So, no surprise, both of us, big nerds, love board games, and from time to time enjoy some tabletop. Did you see, so there's actually this actor who is a pretty prominent, like, self-professed nerd as well. Nice. Um, His name is going to be butchered but i'm going to give it a shot i think it's uh, joe manganello cool cool um but uh he's been in a few movies i think a couple tv shows as well um looks like he was in justice league and he was in uh true blood he was oh he was in peewee's big holiday no way i don't remember him in that film in that film but uh you know i don't remember much about that film looks like a voice actor sometimes too so he's been in a lot more than you think yes yes I, now that you say that, I do recognize him as a voice actor. But I say all that is because he also is a big nerd and loves one of his big things that he goes on and on about. In fact, he's got this website where he sells a whole bunch of like D&D themed like metal style, like D, like not made of metal, but like hardcore D&D shirts oh, and stuff that looks like, like grunchers, it, yeah. yeah, it looks like he's part of a metal band, but it's actually something super nerdy. Oh, cool. I think it's called deathsaves.com or oh, something like that's a good name. Uh, and so, uh, he's got just a whole bunch of stuff that you can buy and, and what have you. He and a group of others just completed a Kickstarter and I am kicking myself for not knowing that this existed for an AR based tabletop app Ooh. so instead of if you know there's a couple ways if you're not familiar with playing tabletop games like dungeons and dragons or those style games but you either have the laminated hex board yeah. or squares or you know grid layout that you'd put your miniature figurines on there or you could actually have some that are like printed looking yeah um, which are kind of fun or the really slick ones are you can either Build or 3D prints. You could paint 3D them. Pr- you yeah, do, yeah. You buy a lot of people sell ones yep. that are like that as well. But, so you can get the environment stuff and you can build. Yeah. Well, that's all really cool, especially those those built ones. You know, I've also seen some tech ones that are uh, like you mount a projector overhead and you put it yes, down, yeah. or you mount a TV underneath. That's you know. We looked at one. There's a person that something. developed a, a touchscreen table or something. Yeah, that right? you could do enable like fog of war and stuff to for line of sight and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. It's not quite AR, though, but yeah. This is an AR, and yeah. it's quite, kind of bulky to carry around. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's a stationary so thing. So you, you have all of this. Let's say you want to do it the reasonably priced way, the, the projector and everything kind of all of our out of our price range. Yeah, yeah. Um, but right now, if you really want to create the immersion, there's really two ways. One of it is there's a browser-based thing, but then you can't actually play together. Yeah, too hard. Uh, um, and then there's also the, what you talked about, the 3D printed mm-hmm. environmental stuff. Yeah. And that stuff's really cool, but you have to carry it around and you have to either buy or print every single piece you need to use. Yeah, and then you kind of have to like dedicate a room or a space. It is it's insane. Kind of yeah. yeah, Very cool. But 
what Joe and his team are putting together is AR-based tabletop, which is you have your phone or tablet or computer, and you can specify on the table. Your your game master can build the room and the monsters and everything and, um, and all the encounter stuff. And then basically from his device places that map on, quote, the table. And then you use your phone or tablet and you can literally you can view it. move yeah. your tablet around and you can zoom in on elements of it. So you can probably touch to move your character. You can see line it's, of sight for yourself. Exactly. You, you control it. And then as I move my character, you, can see it's you on the tablet can see in real time my character moving across and you can move around. The other thing that they advertised I thought was really cool was point of view mode. So you have a first view so you could actually see as you were battling. Heck yeah, wow. You know, we you'd talked see about... What, you'd see what the enemies in front of you are and whatnot. So yeah. line of sights all factored in, all of those kind of there's, elements for the game. Yeah, and D&D specifically, there's like there's cone magic spells and stuff that have different ranges and, and widths and, and stuff. And how so. often do we argue about is that part of that cone? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. You know, you're, it sounds really cool. And then you still have a clean, kind of like a clean table. Yeah. And so, and everyone's got a you know a phone or a tablet or something. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of computers now have a backwards facing camera. I'm pretty sure mine does. I think. Well, that's a tablet. Well, <laughs> yeah, but it runs Windows. Windows. Yeah, there you go. I think this is cool. Unfortunately, I missed out on the Kickstarter. It wasn't much to get involved. Didn't hear but about it, it did get fully funded. Ooh. So it's happening. The <laughs> next steps and and. I love this idea. It's it looks so cool, man. It looks so cool. So now you don't have to carry around or lug all of those different pieces, only to have one show up broken or it won't connect in with the other ones. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, whatever you have, and you can kind of just project it on the table, and you you have your your figurine and everything inside the app, and everybody's still together. Let's let's be real. The best part about D and D is the craft beer. Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> And so you're still getting around. You're still having fun. Everybody's playing in the room together. It just looks so cool. Yeah, it looks like he was wanting uh, fifty thousand. He got four hundred eighteen. And wouldn't and it was thirty bucks for the pledge. Wow. I don't know. I think the pledge gave you minimums thirty. Uh, yeah, you get you get the app. You get some starter train features within it as well. You get you know minis and all that jazz. And it sounds and, like what they're doing to try to get some buy-in so that other companies aren't mad at them is that there's going to be effectively a marketplace oh, where so. people can sell their models. Cool. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Right. Um, that that's really nice. I like that a lot. I see a video here of him playing with critical role, uh, using it. Really? Really? Yeah. I watched, I watched the Kickstarter video, which was kind of funny. Um, he was trying to set up for his D and D group and his wife calls him and says, Hey, don't forget your mother's coming for dinner tonight or something like that. <laughs> and he's like, I just spent three hours setting up my table oh, no. for D and D. I bet it's like <laughs> I've got a tablet. You know, yeah, that's a funny little. I, I liked. It. I thought it was well done. It was fun. The, um, the story's fun on their Kickstarter page. It has like a now and into the future because it's basically talking about you know this the Cambria or whatever the, the Meta's uh, AR headset, the Apple one that's supposed to be coming out. All that you could you could utilize those and yeah, like I'm you excited. said, not have a table set up and everything. You just be in there. Um, the closest thing I've got to this is the tabletop simulator that um, that game, but that is very difficult to utilize most times. Because you have to wear it. You, I you mean, either have to be in VR and uh, completely and 
you know, that type of thing, or you have to use it on a computer where you're not really immersed, uh, having an immersion. You have a cable experience. tied to This is kind of yeah. nice because it's literally just, you're really just looking at still a board, but you, you're using your laptop. And, and you can I still mean, physically even, be with everybody. Yeah. Even and, and you still have the, you know, the, the, the interaction with each other. Because let's be real, I think most D&D groups, you're probably, everybody's bringing probably a tablet at least to to track stuff, you know. Yeah, with, I, I always use D&D Beyond for everything. And, and so Beyond Now is owned by Wiz, uh, Wizards of the Coast, which is the, you know, people who people manage who, 5E. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm really, I think this is really cool. And it's not designed to just be a Dungeons & Dragons tabletop yeah, it's, it's designed to be for all tabletops so if you're playing something else there's you, a million different things man you could play call of cthulhu you could play you know any of the other the million different tabletop games like we did the genesis yep. system and yeah. i mean just i i'm excited about this this is gonna be really cool i know that probably half of our audience tuned out on this but it's gonna be sweet yeah you know i'm i'm down for that man i'd I'm kind of sad I missed all that. I didn't realize that was even happening. So I know thirty bucks. Yeah, I would have been so far into that. I got that. I mean, it seems Shut like up and it'll take my money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> seems like it'll come out soon, though. I don't have a. a date. It feel it feels like the app might be pretty far along, right? Well, yeah, because the, the Kickstarter went to April thirtieth. So I imagine they started right after that developing it, or you think they started before? I that? feel like he's been doing it before because they had screenshots and stuff. Unless that was all. CGI, but I'm sorry, that would be a lot of money to spend on video for this for CGI. Yeah, it would. It would something has to be developed. I think Joe right. knew what he was dealing with, and uh, was like this, and sweet, ponied up his own money. Yeah, yeah. But he. So what is cool is he is one of like the designers too, and he's got. I mean, he, he he's got street cred, so it's really cool. Yeah, I googled uh, death saves, and it's yeah. It's a cool site. Yeah, it's, it's cool. <laughs> Maybe not a hundred percent my style, but I dig it. It's it, yeah, it's cool either way. I mean, it's it's fun to see it all. So, so yeah, that's where that's how we're gonna end this show because, right? AR tabletop. And so, if you're curious, you can check out Arcana if if that's your thing. <laughs> capital Arcana. A, capital R, Arcana. Um, but I'm guessing that if you Google a Arcana tabletop, you're going to get it. Um, you'll find the, ta- uh, you'll, you'll find the, um, the Kickstarter. And then I think, uh, I've got a Nerdist article, yep. which is how I got turned on to it. And I was like, yo, where was this? Right. Uh, you know, a month ago. How, how, most of the things that I support on Kickstarter are board games. How did this not come across? But maybe that's just it. Tabletop. I, oh no! I've I've supported tabletop before. I yeah, just did not I too long. Yeah. Why did this now? Why did this not make it to me? I don't know. <laughs> Griff, answer me. It's a sad thing, man. I wanted it too. <laughs> uh, well, look. While I go and lick my wounds, and and Griff and I watch every single one of these videos that they have out for this program because it looks sweet. Um, and then you got to rush off and go watch the unbearable weight of massive talent. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah, so why don't you go get doing that? That's a full circle right there. Or, Started with that, or or at least, uh, or at least finish the Tropicana video. Oh yeah, I gotta do that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, Sorry, it's coming out. I mean, yeah, it's already done, and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, on behalf of Griffin, I am Matt, and um, you know. If you have any questions or thoughts or you want to learn a little bit more about any of the articles that we talked about today, 
we have links to articles that we read and check out lighthousesol.com slash podcast. But if you go to that site, you can check out this podcast, the show notes for this podcast, as well as all of our other podcasts. Griff, you can subscribe tons to tons of them. Those get those will, updates. Uh, you'll, you'll get the Me- top can of video. So, yeah. Oh, why? Why wouldn't you sign up for Subscribe. the promise of the Tropicana video, yeah. which may or may not be up at the point that you watch this or like, listen to this? It's like Tropicana Plus because there's there's other things in there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was our new streaming service. Tropicana Plus. Lighthouse IT <laughs> Solutions presents Tropicana Plus. That'd be hilarious. Now with ad-supported version. So with that, I bid you farewell, and we'll catch you next time on the next edition of the Lighthouse IT Solutions Podcast. Podcast! <laughs>